Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport, the record book. Hello everybody, as Dr Nick from The Simpsons used to say, I'm Danny Kelly. Welcome to the Game Day Record Book podcast, the podcast that attempts in a very short while uh, every week to put together all of the best and worst things that have happened in our football over the weekend and during the week so that by the end of the season you'll have a definitive guide to everything that's happened in at least one year of English football to help me do that over the course of the next 40 minutes or so. I'd like to say I'm joined by comedian, football pundit and fan of MF Doom it turns out <laughs> and we've been talking about a lot of this over the last few days yeah. Mark Smith hello Mark hello Danny thanks for having me on again very very welcome looking forward to working with you and beside him uh, former Queen's Park Rangers Fulham Manchester United and England centre back um, wing back and full back um, and a man who knows a train he's way up and down a train timetable and hasn't got <laughs> much time to hang about today Paul Park hello Paul welcome back thank you Danny and You're- hello and Martial then twists away from Rodri. That was poor from Rodri. Back to Martial from James. Squeezes in at the near post. Anthony Martial. And it's 2-0 to Manchester United. And on a day of heavyweight contest, the champs have been hit with an absolute haymaker. Concentration levels of our boys when they got physically tired was absolutely unbelievable. That's Which went ball. straight to Pratt. And he's played it through the middle for Vardy. And all of a sudden, Vardy's one-on-one with Heaton. And that is that. Jamie Vardy at the double again. He's in rich form at the moment. The Premier League's leading marksman. Uh, we'll start with our hero of the week. And Mark, uh, yours is a celebrity couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's a maybe a bit of a strange one. Um, it's the Vardys. What, on this show? Go on. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? It is the Vardys. Ah, That's the Vardys. Jamie <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah. It is. it's an absolute soap opera. Mm, yeah. the, the Vardys, I, I would watch... Several seasons of that program. Jamie that and TV. Rebecca, isn't Jamie it? Jamie and Rebecca, yeah. And uh, if it, even though, I mean, I'm sure that Jamie Vardy has a very expensive motor car, probably worth a third of a million pounds. I wouldn't be surprised if they had one of those sun visors that said Jamie yes. and Rebecca. I'd be disappointed uh, if they didn't have that. Oh, they've gone out of fashion, those. They were great, weren't they? You probably were, don't were remember they? them. I do remember them. I, yeah, do, um, I remember looking at uh, kids who were older than me at school mm. and thinking, yeah, that does look quite good. But Should, uh, I, could I, get I was, I was Danny wrong. and Spurs. <laughs> yeah, of course. You're one true love. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Uh, so well, why, why are they? Why are they your hero of the week? Well, because Jamie Vardy this weekend uh, was absolutely phenomenal uh, yet again, as he has been for most of the season. He's a he, monster. He's he a monster. Is, and it's not just the season, is it? It's, he's been consistently great for a number of years now, particularly since Brendan Rodgers took over this time last year, um, and he scored his eighth goal in eight games. Oh, sorry, no, it's was more than that. But he scored consecutively in eight games. Equaling his own record. Yeah, yep. which incidentally, and this is where Rebecca comes in, ah. he scored in every game since the Rebecca Vardy uh, scandal mm. broke with the Colleen Rooney rumours. Yes. And I think they're in cahoots. I think it seems to have spurred Jamie Vardy on to greater and greater heights. So she should then, at the end of the season, she should be allowed to say, and the footballer of the year is dot, dot, dot. Yeah, Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy. Yeah, yeah, or Jamie at least Vardy. It should, there should be an asterisk where uh, Jamie Vardy wins it. Look, nobody, I, I don't bow down to anybody in my love of Jamie Vardy. As I often say on shows and podcasts, I really don't think I'd like to go have him for, around for a party because um, he's sort. Of, I think he's sort of like might trash your joint. Um, but but <laughs> when you say joint, you're not. You no, mean, no, like, I, got yeah. I know nothing about his personal oh, habits right, at okay. all. Um, <laughs> the but but Paul, you know, sometimes I look at you and I wonder what's going on in that lovely face and head of yours. You think he's better than Harry Kane? 
I do. I, for me, I'd like I'd rather play with him in my team than Harry Kane because I know what I'm getting week in, week out. Well, I mean, Harry Kane's 23 and 24 so far this season won't do. No, but when I watch people jog around and not even bother to try and make a tackle and come <laughs> off the pitch with clean shorts, sorry, maybe I'm living in that old world, call me a dinosaur, trying to saw a Rex or something like that. <laughs> but I'd, just, I'd rather play with Jamie Vardy, put him up there, and you know that he'll make bad into good. If he makes a bad into good, you know he might come and grab you by the scruff of the neck and want to punch you, but at least you know he's going to make a bad ball into a good ball. Who would you rather play against? Harry Kane all day long. You fancy your chances? All day long. <laughs> Still? Well, now, yeah. I've, every time I've seen people try to beat him up, he just accepts it. OK. I, I, I honestly think, Paul, and I'm no, I've got no medical qualifications, I think you're nuts. Oh, okay. I, I, no, I genuinely think you're nuts. Um, all I see is Kane uh, physiquing people out in a number 10 position, no. all the rest of it. So for, so for England, you'd, you'd pick, if it was up to you, you'd pick Vardy ahead of Kane. Do you not think maybe Kane's, uh, sorry, Vardy's uptick in, in quality over the last year has been maybe something down to not playing international football or not being distracted no, so I much. just think he's working with a coach who's got who's at, who actually has been very respect for him, respectful to him and has actually said you're better than just chasing balls over the top like a cocker spaniel chasing that, that, a tennis ball. Do you see Claude Puel's piece in the paper saying yeah. that um, yeah. Vardy was like a child to deal with um, but that, that that's but that's I, I, I find that a bit disingenuous because all you've got to do if you're a modern manager the players are fit they know how to play all you've got to do is get the best out of them that's their job and uh, falling out of them because you think he's a bit childish yeah that's just a, a personality trait isn't it he's just a you know he's, he's young at heart he likes to have a good time he likes a party as the song goes I don't see there being much of an issue there I think if the manager can't control him for something like that then that as you say that is his problem not, not Jamie Vardy's now Paul I, I've run you down there by declaring you with no medical qualifications mm-hmm. to be uh, you know out of your tree um, but to be fair to be very fair Paul we do want your opinion who is your hero of the week well, it has to be Oli Gunnar. Has to be. But I thought he was getting the sack a week ago. <laughs> yeah, but he, did say, he did actually come out and say that. But as been mentioned, he, he's beaten, allegedly, two of the best managers in the world. And he's beaten them well. Um, Spurs was a little bit tighter. So he went up against maybe what people see as a better modern-day manager, Pep, and totally outclassed them. First half domination. Second half, as they, as they say now, they managed the game. Absolutely managed the game. City two-one flattered them all day long. You're, I mean, you're. I know you're a, a, a QPR fan by by uh, upbringing and everything, um, but you're a former Manchester United player. Seeing Roy Keane actually purring about <clears throat> Manchester United's team, a rare sight indeed. Were you yeah. purring? I I have to say I was. It's the best. <clears throat> it's the best I've seen them play for a long, long time, and I've seen a few games just um, quite recently and over the years. And as a football, for for 90 minutes, that is their... In 90 minutes, they got more better minutes in that than what they have done in games for a long, long time. Do you think, long-term, that Oligar Solskjaer is the answer to the Manchester United manager issue? Um, I'm going to... There's no wrong answer, Paul. I just wonder what you think. I'm going to turn around and say, now, now, thankfully, he's going to get the opportunity in January to spend... Is he going to be allowed to spend and bring him what he what he can? And then he, is he get, are they going to be respectful to him again? And for the club not to lose its integrity, are they going to give him a summer to go and spend and go and do what he would love to have done last summer? Because I don't doubt that for Manchester United fans and former players like yourself to win at the Champions of England, your local rivals, is an amazing thing. I'm only worried in case it turns out to be... It could either be Paris too. Hmm. where they make the wrong yeah. decision on the back of a great result, or it could be the turning point. We'll see about that. Yeah, but we have to say, as we know, is that their strengths United this season is beating the big sides. Yes. Their biggest biggest thing, the biggest problem is they can't beat the sides they're expected to win against. Uh, but there's there's more of those games, which is the problem, yeah, isn't it? You, you have you have fewer games against and top four, top five, top six. And the reason they do it, is the other teams, the good teams, are, are pressing down on Manchester United, which allows their front four with that incredible amount of pace they've got, yeah. to get away. And of course, in that way, they're a very modern team. So my suggestion would be, hear me out, Paul, I would say that, yes, it's been a fantastic week for Ole Gunnar, um, and I do like him a lot, and I think he's united through and through, and Correct. he loves the club, and yeah. they love him. But I would suggest maybe move him upstairs to a director of football role, let him oversee this new, you know, th- this continuation of the classic United culture of bringing through young players and bring in a manager who maybe uh, has cut his teeth a bit more. I can't imagine you want to do that, though. I like that. It's, it's like 
going out and getting the director of football get say get a ten year old to be over Ollie, isn't it really? Cause, so could you imagine say a, a top class manager saying Ollie's my director of football? What's he done? Um, Cardiff City and Mould. He took them to a league championship. That's not going to work, Mark. Really. Not happy. Not happy with that suggestion. Mm, I, I like I like what you're I'm, see, I, see I like now you're now saying. you're saying he's nuts as well. No, I didn't say that. Oh, you sorry. come out and called me. <laughs> yeah. I actually haven't used those words. So really, he doesn't know what I'm. I thinking was I was the regretting them even as they come out of my mouth. But you were saying that Harry Kane's no good. I can't have that. Now listen, my my um, hero of the week is my hero of the week for two reasons. One, because of his considerable achievements at the weekend, and two, because I'd be afraid to say anything else about him. Duncan Ferguson, for those of you who are teenagers, um, uh, or perhaps still as youthful as Mark is here, <laughs> you just ought to know there are scary footballers, there are frightening footballers, and then there's Duncan Ferguson. Um, he was an astonishing piece of work when he was a centre forward uh, for Everton, um, Glasgow Rangers, and others. A giant, brutal, com- competitive is not even the word, aggressive piece of work when you are still allowed to do all those things. Let's be honest about it. Let's call it what it is. He was one of the, the only footballer, in my knowledge, to be imprisoned for his actions on the pitch after that. Uh, who, who did it? You, you know who William he had about Ah, Paul Wistay's brother, yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah, and the Scottish police got a bit busy with that. I always think that the referee's in charge of what goes on the pitch. Why on earth were the police involved? But there you are. He got done for that and went to pris. Um, and, of course, the great story about Duncan Ferguson, who tried to get, get round it all yesterday, uh, sorry, at the weekend, by wearing a suit and uh, managing Everton. Um, a while ago, I think in what maybe the most extraordinary meeting men have ever had in a pub, and that's saying something, isn't it? Two blokes said... I see, um, I see Everton are playing away this weekend. Uh, that means Duncan Ferguson won't be at home. Why don't we burgle his house? Um, Duncan was injured and was in the house when they broke in, right? So now you've got a very fit Duncan Ferguson, or carrying an injury, albeit, uh, and two burglars. This was the worst idea men or women have ever had. <laughs> it's like a Guy Ritchie film. And when he tells the story, Duncan Ferguson said, "Well, then something. Then it all when it kicked off in the um, in the hallway." And first I rang the police to say I'd been burgled, and then I rang the ambulance for the two lads. <laughs> he rang both the, both of the emergency services. I'm surprised he hadn't set the house on fire while he was at it. Um, Duncan Ferguson, A, those, those programme notes, B, to set a team up 4-4-2 to upset Chelsea's f- football, and C, to concede the most free kicks of any team in the Premier I think in Premier League history. No, the most tackles in any in Premier League history. Is that right? They were fantastic, Everton. My God, Sigurdsson tackled and ran around in central midfield. It was an incredible game. Can I just say one thing as well? Yes. Duncan Ferguson, mostly, was one of the hardest footballers ever, yeah? Yeah. Ever without, you know, him and maybe Mick Hartford. Um, thank you very much. Whenever I used to ask people on my old TV show, Channel 4, I all my question me, who's the hardest player you've ever got, got played against? They would all say, you mean without Mick, not, not counting Mick Hartford, obviously. Yeah. 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 Hartford, well, yeah. Yeah, well, at this present moment, we have to say... Duncan Ferguson may be the hardest manager. Yeah. Oh, he'd win a fight on yeah, such who, who, who wins that? Yeah. I mean, I just, I just can't see Eddie Howe getting involved in that sort no, of thing. Not, no. I've, got, I've got a little tenor on Sean Dyche oh. as an outside oh, bet. Oh, no. So you're not going to get that. Well, I've, I'm, what are the odds? I'm sort of putting tenor down. I'm I'll a, still do it. I think <laughs> Sean may remember him as, a, as, a, as, a, as an opponent and he probably wouldn't take the fight yeah. either. There's a fantastic um, lineup for Hero of the Week here. Um, the Vardys. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on the thick end of so much criticism so far this season but brilliant in the last week or Duncan Ferguson um, I think the Vardys are the weakest here do you want to change your do you want to change what your view um, yeah good <laughs> yeah. if you don't mind yeah I don't, I don't mind it's a uh, free I think country. I'm going to go with Big Dunk actually oh yeah are you surprised by that Danny I thought you might want to back up Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, uh, but, uh, but you I've already thrown you there, I? Yeah, you have, absolutely. Okay, I'll go with, I'll go with Ole Gunnar then. Instead. No, 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 I'll tell you no, what. You know I, what? I, I want you to stay strong. Don't <laughs> fall to change your mind. I'm okay? going to be like no. Big Dunk. I'm going to stay strong and I'm going to back yeah. my man. Right, okay, I like that. I'm, look, I'm trying to look at everything and I'm going to come out and I haven't oh. taken anything. No. Not being threatened at all. No. I'm going to go with Big Dunk. I have to because he's new kid on the block and I've got to go down that line. And there you see it. Three men, different generations, different physiques, all slightly afraid of Duncan Ferguson, <laughs> who is the Hero of the Week. The title race, do you forget about that now? There's 14 points, or so what's your feeling? Well, it's a lot. A lot of distance. What we have to think is uh, continue. So with six 
When you are 10 points in front, you have to continue. We are 10, 6, 11, we have to continue. That is, that is it. The referee blows the final whistle. A goal was drawn with Victor Road. Not much good for the bottom side. A big job on for Nigel Pearson as he takes charge on Monday. Watford nil, Crystal Palace nil. Now Tielemans edge of the box out for Madison left-hand side. Good cross in from Madison 2-0, just like that. Kalechi Iheanacho in at the near post to continue his red-hot recent form. Wonderful cross that from James Madison. And inside the six-yard box, Iheanacho able to pay it the compliment it deserved. OK, we've done the hero of the week. A very good lineup as well for the villain of the week. Um, why don't I go first this time? My villain of the week is Pep Guardiola. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, because uh, I've been watching football for a long time. Too long, my missus would say, and too often. But uh, I'm sorry, I have certain conclusions I've come to about the game in which I'm absolutely going to defend to that famous ditch in which people die. And one of them is that you must have defenders in a football team. Now, I know that Guardiola doesn't believe this. He genuinely doesn't believe it. He thinks, don't defend the goal, defend the ball. And we've seen him do it at... Barcelona, when he puts uh, Javier Mascherano, a uh, midfield player, into the back four. He does it again with Martinez at Bayern Munich. He, this season, because of circumstances, has started with even less defenders at Manchester City. He's playing midfielders at their full-back. He's playing full-backs in the middle of midfield. And he's only playing one central defender. OK, fine. That does all right every now and then. But in the Premier League, it's been proven again and again and again the teams are too good. And what Manchester United did to them at the weekend, stop grinning, Paul Parker, what Manchester United did to them at the weekend, surely a man of his intelligence has to wake up and say, we cannot go on like this. Fernandinho is not a central defender. And in playing him at central defence, they're weakening two positions of the team because they're weakening the midfield as well. Now, look. There's other things going on there as well. David Silva has clearly reached a moment where his greatness is starting to lose its, its shine. Um, they haven't got Aguero. Sane is missing. There's all kinds of things. These things happen to football teams. But to think that the solution to it, Pep, is to do ever less defending. My God, if they didn't have Kyle Walker yesterday, oh. they'd have lost 6-0. Yeah. They'd have lost by six goals, wouldn't Correct. they? Um, and look, I, I'm, I'm, I think he's a genius. But at the present moment, he's a villain because by he's kinking you. You cannot stand against the tide of 130 years of football history and say you don't need a defence. Because, sir, I'm sorry, you do need a defence. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that, did you hear the music rising up behind me there? Nimrod. That was good, wasn't it? I, I do agree with you. And I also think they've got more problems mounting because John Stones went off in that game. So they're down to, I mean, zero centre-backs now. They've got, they've got no Otamendi. Otamendi, Otamendi, but I'm not yeah. counting him as a defender, Danny. I can't, I can't put him in that well, category. Well, I think he is a defender. I think he and Stones are really interesting. Otamendi can defend, but he can't play out. Stones is a decent footballer, but can't but defend. Can't defend. They, yeah. To combine, they might make one decent defender. But in terms they might of... make one Paul Parker on a good day to pair of them. Possibly, possibly on a very good day. But, <laughs> but you know what? It's for me, it's a dereliction of duty of the recruitment as well because they, they know they need at least one defender in there because. You know, Vincent Company was going. Company and, and Laporte does play whenever he's fit. Do you yeah. think there is recruitment now, or is there Pep Guardiola? Well, he and Bagiristein run the club, don't mm, they? And they're yeah. mates from Barcelona, and they both have this belief that you defend the ball and not your goal. You can get eight midfielders and two strikers onto the pitch. Um, and I'm sorry, I just don't think. It... Look, they, they won all the trophies in England last year, um, hmm. so I, I'm in no position to criticise. But it is a, it's a. Be in my bonnet. Um, this that it's, we're not we're not asking him to play like Diego Simeone or to go back to Catanaggio, but pay some deference to the truths of the game. Well, well that game yesterday, it was it become a case of, and Stewart said it straight away. Said it does virtually any any when Manchester United got the ball back, even in deep in their own half, don't even look up, see a bit, of, just see where a bit of space is, put the ball there, and those three up front would run onto it, and that's what was happening in that it was first carnage, half. Carnage, wasn't it? It was that first it half was. hour was carnage. They didn't need. Xavi Alonso or Steven Gerrard to pick the passes no, there's belt it into the spaces base, between si and I say if it wasn't for Kyle correct. Walker's phenomenal athleticism who got back three times I yeah. think from yeah. from way behind his attack what a, what a runner he is by the way oh, yeah and that, that's my that, that, that's my boil about Pep Guardiola lanced. Um Paul who's your uh, who's your villain of the week I'm going to say all in one I'm going to say the media is Hang that on. us as well? That's him as well. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm an ex-footballer. Okay. 
Okay. Am I? What yeah, does it yeah. say on your paycheck? Um, well, I was, no, don't even know. Sorry, I, w- I wouldn't want to discuss your paycheck. Mine says twenty-five pounds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've had a raise, have you? <laughs> I'm just going to say the media, and especially the USA Premier League Twitter account. Oh yes, yeah. go on. You know, I'm because yeah. more than anything, claiming Liverpool's win and City's defeat. Put City, sorry, puts Liverpool 14 points clear. So in theory, they did. And then all of a sudden, I've said to myself, is there more than two teams in this league? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to say there's one more team, and they're called Leicester City. Spot on. And all of a sudden, they are eight points, is that correct? Yes. Eight points behind. So in theory, everything suggests that they can catch, definitely catch Liverpool. I'm not saying that 14 no. points can't, but I'm saying Leicester City. I'm saying it can't. I'm saying are, it can't. You might yeah. have played in Manchester United teams that did it, but those days of no, that, Liverpool right. are too good for that. Yeah, it is present. Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to say Leicester City, with their current form and the highest goal scorers in the Premier League, Won their last nine games yeah, in all competitions. Can go on. No, no, and this is why I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because I, I read that thing as well from the uh, the Twitter account of the uh, Premier League in America. But also bear in mind, m- we've been doing it on the radio station, talking about the 14 point gap. Papers are full of it. Um, the, the thing I don't understand is why how thick are we? Because we're not goldfish, are we? Leicester City did exactly the same stunt less than four years yeah, ago. Yeah. There's a click of a finger away when they where's nah, nothing's happening there. Don't worry about that. It's Don't so worry about that. Isn't the next it? the next thing you see, they're holding a trophy up in the air <laughs> and the ticker and the ticker tape's falling down their heads. Yeah. They're doing it again. But it's just so disrespectful to, to sort of erase Leicester from the conversation at all. Oh, it's fourteen points. Well, it's fourteen points to the team you want to win it, but yeah. it's not really fourteen points. And you there's an argument and I think it's one and I am taking your view very seriously because you're from that part of the world. Are you, are you from East Midlands, I am. I am, yeah. Yep. That you think this is a better Leicester team than one that won the title. I uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, feel free to come at me for this, but I think this is a better side one to eleven than the one that won the league. They've got more points at this stage of the season than they did that uh, in that historic season. They've and got a I better think, manager. Uh, well, I mean, potentially yes, uh, and also I think that apart from maybe uh, Conte, I think they're just there's more outstanding players. There's more stars in this team. I look around that Leicester side and I see players that could be in the Premier League at the top level five, six, seven years down the line. Mark, you've really got a downer for us in your Villain of the Week. Yeah, I mean, I say villain, it's more villains. Yeah, my my villains Villains of the week. My villains (laughs) of this week uh, are anybody associated with that Watford Palace game. At the Even weekend. the people who went to see it. <laughs> Even the people that are talking about it, Danny, I'm okay. including myself in that. Yeah, and your family. Uh... And my family, <laughs> everyone <laughs> listening. It was just one of those games where just nothing happened. Nothing was looking likely to happen. Nothing. It, it was just awful. By the way, Paul, Nigel Pearson suddenly out of nowhere. Oh, it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? It was like a film, wasn't it? Where you, you know, a character you saw in the very first second of the film walked off set. You thought that can't be the murderer because they're not turned up since. And then, so, you know, two and a half hours later, and the inspector has got them all gathered in the drawing room, and he appears holding the drinks, and he's suddenly the murderer. Yeah, but he's he's, he's a bit part because he actually built the team that won the league for Leicester. The Leicester players yeah, are, are that, the remaining the players. They're very ha- happy to say that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. But that was a. Yeah. I'm walking a sort of tightrope here because I'm just saying, don't forget, Leicester did all this to less than four years ago. That was a while ago. Um, look, I'm told he's a fantastic guy around the club. He will get them all together and going in the right direction. Um, I actually think, uh, to me, this looks like planning for the championship, if I'm truthful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance they could have another another manager by March, couldn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. They, they are the poor man's Real Madrid of managers, aren't and they? I see that the uh, the poor man whose job it is is a man in this case to paint the manager's name on the door of his office and on the car park. He's been laid off for a couple of months with RSI. <laughs> uh, it's a real shame there at Watford. Yeah, very very sad indeed. But by the way, Nigel Pearson versus Duncan Ferguson might be a bit tasty. Well, I think they could both fight Anthony Joshua, judging by that fight we just saw, to be honest. All right, so I'm going to leave it to Paul this time, because uh, so Villain of the Week could be the disrespectful media, uh, Pep Guardiola for his disregard for defenders, or the snooze fest um, at Vicarage Road. Can I, I can pick myself, can't yeah. I? I can go strong. With, I have, I'm going to have to go above the snooze fest, because you could, there's a lot of them this season. There's plenty of games you could put together, which, in theory, none of us would want to go and watch. But when you talk about disrespecting teams who are Premier League, have already won the Premier League, and the fact of they've won it more than what Liverpool have, 
And I think they should be actually... Spoken like a true Manchester United footballer. <laughs> it wasn't meant that way, to be honest. It's going to be taken that way in Liverpool, but I promise you it wasn't meant that way. So we're sticking with the media and their attitude towards I've Leicester. Got, I've got to stick with that, yeah. You happy with that? Um, Listen, you've got to go your own way. Don't feel as if you've got to go. Mark, I'm strong. Danny. I mean, I'm going with you again. I'm not. I don't mean. I'm not planning this. But yeah. I'm going with you again. I'm afraid. I'm going to go with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I'm part of the media, and I think sometimes you have to take your lumps um, because I've been saying no. I've not been saying that, but I haven't been giving Leicester their full due and noticing. I say today that they've won nine on the spin now in all competitions. I don't care what kind of that is. Some going for a football team because. Yeah. Anything can happen, you know, bad decision, VAR, same thing, um, the referee, uh, goal off somebody's backside. No, that's our villain of the week, the media who don't understand that Leicester City are the real deal. And if it wasn't for Liverpool's supernatural form, we'd be heading for a league title. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The referee blows the full-time whistle and Manchester United have beaten Manchester City on what could be a pivotal night in the race for the title. It's only the second time in 12 Premier League away games that Manchester United have won on their travels. Might just go alone here, Son. Oh, this would be an absolutely wonderful goal if he can go all the way. It's Son. It is absolutely brilliant. Hyun-Min Son has scored one of the special goals in the Premier League. Uh, performance of the week. And Paul, I'm going to start with you for, for, because I know you're going to pick. And as a brilliant defender yourself, um, I think you, I'm going to let you stretch out here and enjoy talking about Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Right, first of all, I'm going to I'm going to have to put you at task oh, here a little bit. Right. When you say stretch out, you're having a go at my height? No. Right, I didn't okay. we well, sat down, I didn't even notice you were really tiny. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I'm gonna to have to try and respond now. Right, anyway, I'm gonna talk about for me, um, the man with the telescopic legs is Wan Pasaka. He is without doubt de- without doubt the best defending right back in the Premier League, maybe in Europe. The man must win 99% of his challenge. He missed one challenge in that whole game at the Etihad. Well, that's up against Raheem Sterling, arguably the best player in the world in yeah. that position. It was a it was a great battle. And again, I say it's first thing Stuart Pearce, he must have planned it straight away. Within the first minute, he talked about that's what's going to intrigue him, the battle between those two. And to be fair, it was spot on. It was You couldn't watch anything better than, as a defender than but watching those two. He's got one season under his belt. Yeah, How's he doing this? Because he's a natural. He, that man is born to defend. but He just wants to make tackles. He anticipates. Sir Alex Ferguson always used to use the words that people kind of sense danger. He sees it. There's one time when if people watched the game saw Sterling running across the front of the six-yard box wanting to shoot. Wan Masaka was on was on the on the outside of him, not allowing him to pull his right foot back because he was there. The moment he pulled his right 
foot back. He knew that he could have been taken off his toes, so he had to keep touching the ball, and that allowed then Lindelof to block it when he went to shoot. Help me something else I've not seen before. He's a, uh, I played fullback on Anthony Marshall. You played fullback in the World Cup. There's a difference. I've never seen a fullback who's equally happy tackling with both feet. Yeah, he, he tackles with both feet. He does. He puts which, which really puts the defender, the attackers off. They don't know what he's yeah. going to do. He doesn't give away fouls. I mean, he's he's that good at doing it. It's amazing how he does it. He does not give away fouls. Very rarely gets yellow card. And I think I've seen him get one. And even then, that was again a referee playing silly, silly buggers. But he is that good. Yes, he does lack it going forwards. Yes, attacking wise, he is he is not anywhere near um, Alexander Arnold. Oh, no, I've got to say that before Liverpoolians take it the wrong way. What I'm trying to say, but he is the best defender in the Premier League. And I said again, mentioning Stewart, that he reminds me of Des Walker, without doubt, another Des Walker. He's possibly even more athletic than Des, isn't he? Yes. Oh, yeah. Des, yeah. He's not, Des wasn't a clean he, runner. He was a gliding machine, yeah. Des. But uh, this fella, he, oh, he, he's hunting these people down. Oh, he's fantastic. He, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And when they pay 50... Sorry, Mark. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that it's interesting that we talk about his defensive instincts and maybe not so good going forward because he was a winger for the, the large portion of his, of his youth career. Only in the last few few years has he gone to, to fullback. They always say you've got to go backwards to go forwards. Is that what they say? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I would go as far as saying he's the best defender one-on-one in, in the country. Yeah. And I think that uh, for England and the Euros, I'd take him as someone not only as a backup for Trent at right-back, but if we're coming up against a game against the likes of Ronaldo or uh, or Hazard, an outstanding individual, he could be a guy that could go man-marking, do, a, prop, a, do a proper job really on him, shackle them. Shout. There's nothing he can't do defensively. Mm. Well, he's in a, he's in a, I was going to say when Ma- when Manchester United paid fifty million for him, I wondered whether he, I wondered actually whether they got the wrong kind of fullback because he doesn't do the modern thing of bombing on and bombing on. Um, but if he allows the rest of the team the security of shoring up the whole right side of the team like he does from the halfway line back to their own goal, it's pretty extraordinary. That was an amazing performance, and you can see great defence performances. What was what you're playing against? You're playing against Raheem Sterling, who we yeah. know has given other defenders nightmares. He's finishing careers, that lad. So fantastic. You want to go for some more young Manchester United players? Yeah, well, um, performance of the week. My performance of the week is actually the Manchester United engine room. Um, that is the midfield duo of Fred and McTominay. Fred? And I've got to say, I, I didn't think He's I'd be saying this. He's a stock. Danny, you know what? A few weeks ago, I'd have said the same thing. But And I'll tell you, Paul's going to back me up on this, I think, because those two as a team were absolutely superb against Man City on, on, um, on Saturday. Fred, who has been hammered by the press, by critics, by general media, by fans, by his own teammates, <laughs> I imagine, was absolutely fantastic. And I don't think it's a coincidence that McTominay's come back from the Spurs game onwards and they've won both games. He seems to have come in. There's a, a level of calm in that midfield, a lot more physicality in there when needed, and he's allowed Fred to play his more natural game. And I think they were they were just brilliant against against what's probably the most gifted midfield in Europe at the moment. Yeah, with that, I mean, I go for I like Fred. What is the, what is that to come back from to go and produce that performance? He had a decent performance yeah. against um, Tottenham. He took it to another level against City. I think now he's allowed to earn his earn his stripes and call him Fredahinho. He's allowed <laughs> to have a proper Brazilian name now. Not just Fred the Dead Red. I was thinking yeah. about him for the last. No, Fredahinho. He can have a name because he because now he he might become a proper Brazilian footballer now. But the the the, the catalyst for all this is McTominay, as he says now. Who knew that a player of that age could come in? But that's the issue, isn't it? 18-year-olds become 19-year-olds, become 20-year-olds. You can see him physically growing into the Premier League. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I know he's what you're good. saying. I, I'm saying at the moment is that he's going around, he's pumping a badge, he's, he's, he's going in, he's kicking people. He's doing a few silly things, a little petulant things as well, but he's only young. But he's doing all the bits at the moment. And if... And if United are going to keep building, carrying on, he might, if they're going to build, he might be able to stay in there and keep himself as a regular. Uh, but there's still lots in his lots in his game has got to improve on. So the two two nominations so far performance of the week are Manchester United's engine room and Aaron Wan-Bissaka. We would be not doing our job, and forgive me if this is biased, and I wonder if it had been different if Wan-Bissaka had been playing. Um, but I've been watching football for a very long time, and I, I look, I'm always looking for new things. Um, and I'm, I'm not one of those who looks back and says it was all great in the day. It was great in its own way, and it's great now. And some of that greats were shown by a very, very nicely prepared pitch, which allowed a man, in the case of uh, Son Ming, to run 
the entire, well, from the edge of his own box to score at the other end against Burnley. Now, I think people think they've seen this goal a lot of times. You haven't. You've seen people run and not quite score. You see people run and play a 1-2 with a colleague and keep going and score. Um, I think you two, when we talked about beforehand, do remember one other similar goal. Yeah, um, George Weir for AC Milan. So the very fact that we can think of one other from the million football matches watched between the three of us yeah. is extraordinary. He It wasn't a dribble, was it? It was just he ran through them, Paul. With pace. He did. I mean, as good a goal as it is, you have to look at the defenders. You have to. Not, not one of them got close to even pulling on his shirt. Or they got close and didn't want to pull And this is shirt. Burnley. This is Burnley, yeah. This is Burnley. They're designed for that. Design, what, take him out on the edge of, the, edge of your own box. Don't let him go anywhere near the halfway line. I know that his parents were in the studio. Sorry, in the, in the stadium. They... Studio, where do I? What am I like? Talk about the media bubble. His parents were in the stadium. I think it might be the first time they've seen him play in England. Right. Um, he may have been showing off somewhat. But I have to say, you know, um, there are goals which you never, ever forget. I'm thinking about Tony Yeboah's volley for Leeds. And you just think, well, I'm never going to see that again. Hmm. I think we might go a very long time. Of course, football being the way it is, there might be another one next week. But to see someone do that thing that you think can only happen in playground football to pick the ball up on the edge of your own box, belt through the entire yeah. team, then have the the wherewithal to slow down to beat the goalkeeper because, it, you know, I've seen Sissoko run through whole teams like that and then, bless him, <laughs> blaze it over the bar. But uh, you have to finish it, don't you? Otherwise, yeah. it's pointless. Well, we've, we've seen Zuma been trying that for ages, haven't we, for Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, he keeps yeah. doing that, doesn't he? I, I think if the Burnley keeper saves that, he should be banned for six months. You're but, all for banning people and, and, and big fines this week, I aren't absolutely you? absolutely am. I think yeah. if, he, if, he, if he ruins all of our lives by saving a beautiful goal like that, just get him out. Get <laughs> See, rid. I couldn't disagree, I disagree with you profoundly. I think if the goalkeeper comes out and saves it, that's the beauty of football. All that effort for nothing and no one will ever remember it. But because he stuck it in, it was a magnificent goal. And here on the uh, Game Day Record Book podcast, we'd be not doing our duty if we didn't pay full tribute to uh, the ever-smiling South Korean. Um, so those are your performances of the week. The defensive brilliance of Aaron Wan-Bissaka, um, the Manchester United engine room, much derided, um, but very good against Manchester City. And and Son's individual goal in a team sport, you you rarely see a goal which doesn't rely on anybody else. Although somebody will say, some football experts will say, well, you see the way Deli Alley went around to the left and pulled one of the players away. There were still eight around him. You know, don't, don't give me that. I know somebody was going to say that on the television. It's not true. In fact, Son himself said, I wanted to pass to Deli, but I couldn't find him. No, because he was hiding out on the touchline. <laughs> But Mark, you, um, you 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 you've made the case for several things. Uh, why don't you um, lead the, uh, the 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 sort of decision making? Well, I'm actually going to stick with the United Engine Room on this one um, mm-hmm. because they've come through adversity. Those two, McTominay and Fred. Fred in particular. McTominay was an unknown quantity really started this season or middle of last season. They've come through against a fantastic Man City side and really bossed the game. And I think for that reason, I'm going to go for the United Engine Room. Paul, um, I mean, I, I can I can hear you making the argument for a brilliant defensive performance. I can hear you making the argument for a wide player r- clashing through a whole team, cutting through them. As a defender, you must know once in a while you see something you can't stop. Can't be the United engine room. Pick someone else. <laughs> I've got to go with um, Son, really. I have to, because that's what everybody... To, when football, that's what everyone looks for. It's about... Good attacking play. They want to see skill. They want to see great goals. They want to see Fred. They want to see Fred. They want to see a South Korean (laughs) smiling from ear to ear, a non-stop smile. They're the kind of things that what football's about, in my opinion. Because as as someone will always say, it's easier to destroy than create. To create. And I think, and that's no disrespect to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who I love defending, but I'm going to go with it actually because when we look back at the end of the season in the record book, if that goal, which I suspect will be goal of the season is not even on, on a weekly basis uh, heralded, then we will look like mugs. And it is mugs that Mark Smith wanted us to look, but we have defied him. <laughs> for Burnley, it's a third successive defeat and they wait for a first win in this part of North London since October 1974 and the Old Division 2 continues. Full-time here, emphatically. On TalkSport 2, it finishes Tottenham 5, Burnley 0. Today was very difficult with the quality of players they have. They've got match winners and difference makers all over the pitch, but you know that's the league we're in and we have to find a way to, to get points in these games. But ultimately today, uh, once they scored the first goal, the game went away from us. 
Now, in some ways, the uh, the most fun on the show is the worst performance of the week. Um, and we've got some belters uh, for you here. Um, uh, who's going to start? I think, Mark, why don't you start? Yeah, um, mine Have you tried is... to lead us astray in the last section? Well, I'll do it again now, shall I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my worst performance of the week is... Um, it, it's a group of people. It is youngish English managers. But they're the future of the game. They must all be given a chance. Surely they will win us the title. <laughs> Surely we must get rid of Johnny and J- Dave Foreigner well, and exactly. have English managers. It, this is exactly right. This is, this is why... Um, this week, and maybe this week alone, I'm going to say they're the worst performers of the week. Uh, the ones I'm looking at in particular, Eddie Howe, who lost again for Bournemouth. That's now six defeats in a row for Bournemouth. Uh, Sean Dyche, that's why I can't possibly use the word young. It'll be youngish, and I yeah. certainly won't be using the word trendy. We were, initially, we were talking about trendy England managers, but Sean would... Well, actually, to be fair, Sean would get the train down here and come after us if we called him trendy, wouldn't he? Well, they, they, He'd they, bring Duncan Ferguson with him. It'd be a disaster. <laughs> well, Sean Dyche has lost six out of eight for Burnley. It's 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 not looking good for them. Frank Lampard for Chelsea, who's been fantastic, to be fair, on on, you know reasonably scarce resources lost comfortably Hold, 3-1 I, I, at Everton I, I, don't I, pull me up I, sorry I, don't, I want to reasonably scarce resources they spent 120 million in a, in a, in a transfer window he where they didn't. were banned from buying players <laughs> but he didn't spend on the thing is my point point. and actually this transfer window now where he's going to be with a bit more freedom and money yes. to do something might be a bit of a, bit of a curse I think because there's, there's another metric now to measure him on uh, yeah, they're talking about Chelsea buying Jaden Sancho, but what does that do to Callum Hudson Adoy? Ridiculous. Again, well, I don't understand. Again, that's just paper talk. That doesn't make any sense at all. Talk about being overloaded with width. They're already. They've only got one centre forward that he likes. They've, they've got, got William. They've got Pedro. They've got Callum. Um, they've got them all there. Yeah. Pulisic. There'd be no need for it. But it, but in a week where we're talking about Marco Silva leaving Everton, being sacked from them for being awful, and we think, well, who's the English guy going to come through take the job? Well. They're not making it easy for themselves, are they, with weekends like this? I mean, Burnley, uh, I have a theory, and it's not a theory, it's a fact. There are no established Premier League teams except for the top six, the current top six, famously top six, maybe Leicester now, um, and I used to think Everton, but everybody else is just, they they spend their their seasons bouncing up and down on the relegation trapdoor till one day the hinges break. And Burnley... Um, having been praised, I like the way the, the toughness of their game. I like their two centre forward approach. I think Sean talks a lot of sense about the game, but the fact is, this is the fact: they have lost twenty-one of their last twenty-eight league games. Now, therefore, if the season was over, the two seasons they'd be going down. And I'm not sure I see any reason to think that they won't be one of the ones really struggling this year. I think we can talk about quite a few teams who can be in that position. There's so many there, and I don't think we're really going to get an idea until we get into April. Because I think it's just this cat and mouse they're playing down. Do you think Watford are gone, even with Nigel Pearson? They've got to get 1.4 points per game. You just but, you worry about them scoring goals. And you they're even more worried about conceding goals, except for yesterday, of course. And then you've got Southampton, who've got the opposite problem, what I call the Crystal Palace problem, where they went down with Andrew Johnson, one of the leading goal scorers in the Premier League, they're going to, Danny Ings is, is about third in the goal-scoring charts and is in a team that looks to me like they're going to go down. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, we, we always talk about how you need a player to score you 12 to 15 at least to have any sort of shot. Well, Ings is like and we actually, get 20 to where it's going. Ings has been absolutely phenomenal. Like he, was, he, he looked very good when he was at Burnley, got the move to Liverpool, injury, you know, put paid to that a little bit. But he is genuinely a, a, a top striker. And I think if Southampton stay up, and it is a big if, they've got him to thank for a lot of that. Okay, that's the English managers uh, dealt with. Um, has, have you got a villain, a uh, worst performance of the week? I think we've got to go to Southampton. Ah, the aforementioned Southampton. Yeah, I think we have to talk about them in general. But we have we talk about that 9-0. We, have, we can talk about what they've done after, but they've got themselves in front this weekend and they end up getting beat by Newcastle, who really, in theory, have been absolutely fantastic. The manager's been great. Surprisingly, they couldn't score goals. They'd give away goals, but now they've got a manager who has done better than the Messiah Benitez. They're nine points better off than this time. Nine, this year. you say? Nine. <laughs> nine <laughs> did points. I say eight on the radio over the weekend? I did, didn't I? I think you might have done, Danny. Yeah. yeah. So they, I'm here to correct in you. In fact, in fact, Newcastle are getting better without even playing, <laughs> aren't they? It's about ten on eleven points. I mean, there. the Southampton thing is—is is, you know, we all know that you're not going to go to Liverpool and win the game. The, the, the relegation will be decided in these games between the teams in the bottom half. And I think 
a Newcastle side that are playing better now, but let's be fair, they're not ripping teams to shred. West Ham United notwithstanding, where they did give them a lesson. Um, if you get a goal up at Newcastle, you've got to come away with at least a point. Otherwise, you are saying, we are relegation yeah. fodder, aren't you? It, of course, Newcastle can come back. But to lose the game, particularly after they lost the game so badly last weekend, it's crippling for them, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can't see three teams worse than them. I mean, maybe Watford, but even then... Even then oh, oh. Watford are a better team. When you look at Watford on paper, they have got better players. They're losing games, and obviously I, d- I didn't see the game yesterday, but when you look lucky, at it, they've been quite unlucky in certain games. And now they're saying that they're, they're, you know, their big chief is back now. Deeney maybe gets fit. He might make a difference. But, other, but they're the ones for me who... Just they've got enough to get themselves out of trouble. Norwich so are a real real problem, aren't they? But Farker started to say now, hasn't he? I said his name there, didn't I? Get away with that. Farker started to say um, that you know we are a team who came out last year and didn't spend any money. Um, well, Sheffield United hardly broke the brank. One team is turns out is very well suited to the Premier League. What a job Chris Wilder's doing, by the way. And another. Um, the home defeat for them over the weekend, I think, is also uh, mm. not a neck breaker, but you will be putting the rail jacks on for the next couple of weeks. And again, when you go goal up at home in a game of as, as important, you've got as to that, get something out of that football something. match. Yeah, absolutely, so, whatever it is. Something. We know, we know, teams down the bottom don't don't win a lot of matches, but you've got to, you cannot lose the game, and they did lose the game. So that's Southampton amongst. I, I just want to, for worst performance, I just want to throw in. Um, Things go in and out of fashion, don't they? So suddenly, it's all the rage among professional goalkeepers to let goals in at the near post. I'll start with my own mob, Gazaniga. Um, was it Martial's shot went through him? At Rashford. The near po- Rashford's shot went through him um, the other night at Old Trafford. Who else did we see over the weekend? Uh, the today Brighton, we saw... Um, Matt Ryan at Brighton, was it? Yes. Was it Ryan? Yep. And yesterday I saw Edison. Yep. Uh, oh, the Martial one. Yep. One of the two best goalkeepers in the world, people tell yep. me. Um, Martial beats him at the near post. Um, look, probably a coincidence, right? Um, but I actually think, uh, putting my jeweler's eyepiece on the thing, I wonder if goalkeepers are now so obsessed with their positioning to start with um, because they're expected to play out and also to be slightly a sweepers as well. well. Yeah, right. Whereas before, they were on the line and then came out to meet the, the, the attackers. Now they're retreating to their line. And I wonder whether it's just taking the traditional angles out of the game a little bit for them. Otherwise, I can't explain because... Even an old lump like me, if you're on the near post, it's very hard to beat you. Um, if you're, if you're, if that's the post there, Paul, and you're, I mean, you can curl it round me the way that uh, Grealish did the other day. But to beat me at the near post is a real handful. And yet they'll get unless it's power that's beaten. I don't know. Well, I mean, I talk about the goal yesterday, and that's just come out of just interchange of passes and I just think Martial hit it so early mm-hmm. and there was a few people around him Edison got caught out by it the strike was so clean and a daisy cutter as well do people still use that saying yeah. Yeah. no they yeah, don't but not? I know what you mean yeah thank you and um it's, it's, and it was just too quick oh he's having a go at the daisies now that is bad <laughs> isn't it 2020 I, I, <laughs> I don't think we can carry on now blaming goalkeepers and let a goal win I think it's just quite poor if the goal goes ball goes in the near post we go oh that's poor goalkeeping I think that's disrespectful to the person who's had that strike that's taking something away I don't think you can take that away from Martial you have to say that was a great movement great first touch out of his feet and bang it was it was a great finish. Yeah, same as Neil Mopes as well. He he hit a a real peach of a shot. Okay, was it Nick, a rasper? Did people say that as well as Daisy Cutter? Well, it wasn't cutters. a Daisy Cutter, but it was uh, it was a bit of a rasper but on the, the half trigger. volley. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> and it was you know technically near post, but when it's powerful and accurate like that, what can you do? And I agree with you, Danny. I think I think it is to do with the fact that they're playing sweeper first and foremost, and then retreating to their. Yeah, you know, the days the angles watching, are different now than they used to be. Yeah, yeah. When he used to watch Tim Flowers mark out his his uh, angles and the six-yard line. Those days, don't really you don't see that anymore. Yeah, thank you very much indeed for that. And when I saw the, the Burnley goalkeeper get beaten five, um, I did, albeit at least two of them were worldies, although <clears throat> looking at you as a former defender, um, I know Kane is useless, but if you give him that space, about two, four <laughs> yards outside the penalty, he always scores, doesn't he? Um, with that kind of dipping shot that he does. Um, but what about the idea that Joe Hart just sits there on the Burnley bench now it's very odd, isn't it? He seems happy doing that. <laughs> he does, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, he's seen a position which he knows he can he can be there for life rather than trying to be a number one. 
Because that, you wouldn't have done difficult. that, Parker. You would not have done that. Not in a million years, but I'm, I wasn't a goalkeeper. wasn't big enough before you say anything. I, no and one ever um, says. No one ever said anything about your size ever. Yeah, you know, you're saying it now. You're following. Because you brought now. it up. I know, but I didn't need you to follow it up. That no, no won't do at all. But, but Joe Hart seems content to be there because when he was at number one, he was struggling. His career capitulated so quickly. I think Amazing, he's content wasn't it? to be there, but it's just being a number two in Burnley is the biggest concern. Well, they, they, Burnley, of course, found themselves in the summer with a very unlikely... I mean, it's like playing poker, isn't it? What an unlikely hand. We've got three England goalkeepers, yeah. you know. <laughs> Does that beat two pair? I don't know. So, worst performances of the week, goalkeepers at the near post. Uh, trendy and otherwise England manager of Southampton Football Club ahead uh, against the bottom half, what was then a bottom half rival, only to get nowhere with it. Mark, you, you don't seem to want any of these, so I'm going to go to you <laughs> first and hope that you can make the case. Well, I... Uh... I'm going to stick with the trendy English managers. Yeah, I've got to. I, we, we hear this argument all the time, and I think they're just not doing themselves any favours. When they all lose on the same weekend, I think it's it's one of those things. It's a headline grabber. Thank God for Chris Wilder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he's the exception that proves all the rules. Yeah. He doesn't look like the sort of person that I think the owners are looking for these days, sort of matinee idol actors and all well, the rest they, of it. They want front door management, and he's not oh. front door management. He's, he's, he's in the back of the shop, isn't he, really, counting the money? I don't know what he's doing, but I know his team are yeah. a treat to watch. Oh, and, and, and on top of everything else, and he, he doesn't want any credit for this. He says that's the minimum requirement. Man, are they in the game. They never think they're out of the football match, which is fantastic. Mark needs something, doesn't he? I'm going to go he with does, him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I don't want you. I don't want your pity. Yeah, right. I don't want your pity. Leave it out. Well, I'm going to stick with you. We've plenty right. of pity as well. Okay. Well, I, I don't <laughs> even you. have a casting vote here, but I would say that if I had, I would have given it to Mark out of pity. Thank you. So, <laughs> clean sweep. A clean sweep of pity votes. <laughs> thanks to the three. Thanks to the three of you. That's been including myself. I'm Danny Kelly. Mark Smith's been here. Fantastic as always. Paul Parker recovering from a, a slur. Um, about, uh, about his uh, knowledge of football in the first half to pr- produce great goods indeed. We went through all the things on the uh, podcast. It's called the Game Day Record Book. If you enjoyed it, thank you very much. Tell your friends, get them to download it. It's available through all the usual offices. Don't forget also to download the appendix a couple of days' time. That's also very good fun indeed. We're back next week with a whole new cast of people as we try to understand the very basics, the DNA, the guts of the Premier League. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.